Well, good morning and welcome once again to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. We are so thankful to have you here with us this morning as we continue in our series called The Promise. Now, we kicked off this series last week by talking about the promises that God makes and talking about the fact that God always keeps his promises. And this is going to be a four-part series, and today is part two, where we're going to change our focus from hope to peace. Now, last week we talked about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and how we are actively waiting for his return. And today we're going to talk about part two, which is going to be the peace that we have in Christ. And if you remember from last week, what we're actually doing is we're looking at these stories from the standpoint of some of the first people to encounter Jesus. So we're going to pick up right there here this morning. Now, again, the the four promises that we're talking about are hope peace, which we'll look at today, joy, which will be next week, and then love will be part four. So let's dive right into peace. Now, this time of the year, we are all looking for peace, uh, but we're kind of in a dichotomy between joy and grief. Now, when I think about that dichotomy of joy and grief, I automatically thought of Black Friday. Now, Black Friday, of course, is that day of the year where all of the stores get into the black, meaning that they start making money, that they're actually turning a profit for the entire year happens on that day, which is why they call it Black Friday. Now, the reason I say that that brings joy and that brings grief is I know some folks who love Black Friday. They thrive on that idea of, hey, I'm going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and have my coffee and go get in line and wait at the stores. Now, that's great if that's you. I'm totally happy for you, but that's not me. I would be on the other side of that. I would be on the grief side of this dichotomy because to me, nothing sounds worse to me than having to get up in the middle of the night, get dressed, and go shopping, which is one of my least favorite things to do to begin with. So that's why I say there's kind of this dichotomy between joy and grief. And and this season kind of brings that out in us. It, It kind of brings out the joyful side or maybe sometimes the stressful side or the anxious side or the grieving side. And we kind of find ourselves in one of those two camps. And I want you to kind of keep that in mind as we move along. Now, here's the goal, right? The goal this time of the year is to be kicked back in your favorite chair with a cup of hot chocolate and your Christmas socks on in front of a blazing fire. But unfortunately, that's just not the reality for a lot of us this time of year as we're running around and we're stressing and we're trying to find the perfect gift. And there's just so many things that need to get done and places we need to be and parties we need to attend. And it's just hard to work it all in. But, but this would be the goal. And when I think of peace this time of the season, I think of things like this, like just taking some time to kick back with some good hot chocolate and a fire and maybe watch a Christmas movie or listen to some Christmas music or just have some time to relax. And I hope that you'll be able to find that during this season. But that's kind of what we're talking about is this idea of peace. Now, here's what I want you to think about as we work through this lesson here this morning. You can experience peace right in the middle of your struggles of life because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. 
So, so that's kind of the theme for today. And that's what I want you to think about as we work our way through our lesson today is that you can have peace despite your circumstances. Now, I don't mean to downplay any, but anyone's circumstances. We're all going through difficult times. Maybe you have a family member that's sick or, or maybe, you know, you've lost your job or, or, or I, I know that there's struggles and I don't want to downplay that. And I certainly don't want you to feel as though that's the angle that we're taking. But what we want you to know is despite your circumstances, here on earth, we have hope and we can find peace. And that peace comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And how does that make us feel? Well, that should make us feel that the favor of God is with us and I can be at peace with him. Now, that's what I want you to think about as we go through here today. And that's what we should be feeling, is we should be feeling that grace that comes from God and that peace that comes from our creator, God. So, peace is the word for today. And we want to start off with that promise. And now, this is a promise that we talked a little bit about last week, and this is going to kind of be one of our recurring themes. But I want you to jump back to Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to look at verses 6 and verse 7. And again, this is the promise that we see being foretold. It says, for to us a child is born. It says, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with just and righteousness from this that, that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So here we see we're being foretold of this amazing thing that's going to take place and how Jesus is going to come and, he, and he's going to just put everything right. He's going to restore everything to the way it would be, and it will stay that way forever and ever. And that's a promise that God made to us. That's a promise that he makes to you and me. That's a promise that he made to the Israelites. So what we have to do is we have to remember that promise and know that God is faithful in his promises. Now, we all go through some struggles, and, and, and these are just some of the things that you may be struggling with, and maybe you can identify with one or more of these. You know, we're, we're still kind of in the midst of a pandemic, and, and every time we seem to think that we're kind of moving past this pandemic, there's a new strain or a new, a new virus. And maybe that's causing you anxiety, and maybe that's, that's kind of stealing your peace. Or maybe, as the top right picture shows, maybe it's family problems. For those of you who are like me, you're raising teenagers and young kids, you know all about this, right? There's always some kind of a turmoil. There's always some kind of a tension. Or maybe it's marital problems. Or maybe it's riots and just some of the things that have gone on in our country over the last year or so. But these are some of the things that are happening in our world. These are some of the things that are happening in our lives that tend to steal our peace. And what we want to look at today is the fact that we can't let these things steal our peace. That despite what's going on in the world, despite what's going on in our homes, we can still find peace in our Lord and Savior. Today we're going to take a look at the shepherds. And this is a very familiar part, of course, of the Christmas story. But we're going to take a closer look at their role and why it was so important that the angels spoke to the shepherds. So if you would, join me in Luke chapter 2. Again, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 6. 
or excuse me, we're going to start in verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and we're going to look at this story of the shepherds. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. It says, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, this is something that we've talked about in the past, of course, but, but you know, when an angel showed up, it was kind of a big deal, right? So we think of angels and we think of these, these uh, people dressed in robes of white with these big fluffy wings and a halo, and, and that's kind of how we've been trained to think about what angels are or what angels may look like. But let's think about this in real terms. All of the sudden, something appears in front of you and it's a messenger from God. Now, I don't know what the angels looked like. Maybe they did have the white wings and, and the whole nine yards. That, that's possible. But each time in the Bible that we see an angel appearing, it almost always is followed with, and they were terrified. So that tells me that that probably wasn't what the angels looked like. But regardless, all of a sudden this messenger appears before the shepherds. Now that'll get your attention. And it got their attention and it says they were terrified. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good, no good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. So immediately the angels realize this, right? And the angel says, hey, don't be afraid. I'm not here with bad news, quite the opposite. I'm here with great news, good news that'll bring you great joy. We talked about this a little bit earlier about this idea of joy. And that's exactly what the angel is saying. Hey, what I'm about to tell you is going to bring you great joy. And just like it did 2,000 some years ago, that news should give you and I great joy this morning as well. In verse 11, we read, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. I love that. Born to you. You, because remember, Jesus came for you and I. It says he is the Messiah, the Lord. It says, this will be a sign to you. He will find, you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And of course, that's that, that's that image, right? That we all have of the baby Jesus laying in the manger in the swaddling clothes. And that's exactly what he's telling him that they're going to find. Now, let's take just a moment and let's back up and let's talk about what the shepherd's role was. Now, again, when we think of shepherds, we think of things like uh, the Peanuts uh, Christmas special, right? Where Linus is, is wrapped up and he's got the blanket around his head and, he, and he's got the shepherd's crook. And, and we, we tend to think of shepherds as like uh, these... these these frail old men or, or these young, young boys. And, and that, of course, was sometimes the case. But shepherds, as you can see in the picture, had a rough job. They had a very challenging job. These were not uh, wimps, if you want to call them that. These were tough guys. They had to go out and pick up sheep on their back and carry them when they were injured. They had to fight off bears and lions and tigers. They were not... Uh, wimpy people, of course. They were very tough, very strong people, and they were very nomadic, right? They traveled from place to place, right? Because they had to go where the pastures were. They had to go where the water was. So the shepherds kind of just kind of wandered from place to place. They were very hardworking, but they were seen as second-class citizens. They were seen as second-class citizens because of their chosen profession. 
and because of the fact that they were nomads, and because of the fact that they were probably unclean, right? They probably didn't take a bath a lot. They probably didn't have showers, of course, but they probably weren't what we would call clean. And because of this, these things, they were considered second-class citizens, and they were also considered untrustworthy. See, shepherds were looked at as kind of the lower class. They didn't, their opinions didn't matter. What they had to say didn't count. So it's very interesting then, right, that the first people to be told about the birth of Jesus was the shepherds. That wasn't an accident. That was done on purpose. But it's very interesting that that's who God chose to be the first people to know about our Lord and Savior. See, the peace of Christ is for everyone. The peace that will come with his leadership and rule is not for the ones who are already in power, but for the ones who are scratching and clawing just to make it to another day. And this is a perfect example of how we know that. We know this because God told the shepherds first. He didn't go to the priests. He didn't go to the prophets. He went to the shepherds. And see, that's what reminds us that Jesus Christ and his love and his redemptive power is for all of us. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what kind of house you live in. The peace from Jesus Christ is for you and it's for me and it's for everyone. And I love that that's how God chose to do this, that he went to the shepherds first. And that's an often overlooked part of this story when we tell the story of Jesus' birth and, and we tell the Christmas story and we watch the Christmas specials. You know, we, oh yes, it was the shepherds in the fields. But we don't stop to think about why that was such an important piece of the puzzle. Let's pick up in verse 13. It says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And there's the key of what we're talking about today, that idea of peace. So I don't know what this scene looked like, but it's fun to imagine. You know, the angel is there, and, and all of a sudden he's joined by others who are praising God for what he has done and praising God that the, that the Messiah has been born. And it's just an amazing scene. What I wouldn't give to have been there to see what had happened. But he talks about how you can have peace when you find favor with God. See, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of God. See, you and I are going to have conflict, right? There's just no two ways around that. Life is not easy. We're not promised an easy life. Look at the life of Christ. Christ didn't have an easy life. And if we were to follow the example of Christ, that tells me that you and I are not going to have an easy life either. And maybe you're saying, amen, I can relate to that. Right? Because we go through struggles, and we go through trials, and we go through tribulations. But when we know that we have God, that is what gives us peace. When we know that we're in God's favor, that gives us peace. And that's what we have to remember. It's not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of God. And God's favor comes from being at peace with him. Now, how do we be at peace with God? We have to, we have to follow his teachings. 
right? The scripture, that's how we can be at peace with God. That's where it starts. It starts in the Bible. We've got to know the Bible. We've got to know God's plan for us. And then we've got to have a relationship with him. And we've got to have a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. That's how we find favor with God. We find favor with God when we are doing the things that are pleasing to him. And that's how we get favor. And when we get favor, we get peace. If you're a parent, think about it. When when, when your kids and you are working together, you have peace in your household. And when you're not working together, you have trials and tribulations. It's the same thing with God. If we want to have peace with God, we need to have a solid foundation and we need to have a solid relationship with him. And if you'll do that, then you too can have the peace of Jesus Christ. I'm going to change gears just a little bit and look at Romans chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. Again, Romans chapter 8, verses 6 and 7 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So here's just a great reminder for us as we, as we get ready to wrap this up. This is a great reminder for us that if we want to have that peace that God brings, if we want to have the favor of God, then we need to be led by the Spirit. We need to be led by the Spirit of God and not by our own fleshly desires and not by the things of this world, of this earth. We've got to be Spirit-filled people who are following Christ. And when we do that, it may not always be easy, but we can find peace. So, what do we do from here? We've got to submit ourselves to Christ. We've got to submit ourselves to his will and not ours. We've got to find comfort and confidence in God. And we've got to allow his presence to bring us peace. So we've got to respond to his offer of peace through his son and trust him in all things. See, God gave us this offer. See, God sent his son as a sacrifice for you and me. Not because we deserved it in any way, shape, or form, but because he loved us so much. He offered us a way out of our sinful nature. He offered us a way out of the things of this world. But see, it's a two-way street. He's made the offer, but we have to accept it. He made the offer, but if we don't accept it, then it's all null and void. See, he made the offer by sending his son. But we've got to accept the offer. And if we'll accept that offer, if we'll accept that offer and commit ourselves, mind, body, and soul, to following Jesus Christ, then you too can have the peace that comes from Jesus. Now, maybe this morning you, you are just not at peace and you're really struggling to find that peace. You have an opportunity here in just a moment. Brandon's going to come forward and lead us in another song. You have an opportunity to, to come forward to speak to one of our elders. They would love to talk to you. They would love to pray with you. Or maybe you've never had a chance to be baptized. Maybe you've never had a chance to accept God's offer of total redemption. 
You have an opportunity to do that this morning. You can come forward in just a moment as we get ready to sing, and you can be baptized for the remission of your sins to receive that gift of the Holy Spirit and to receive that peace that only God can offer. If we can help you in any way, we encourage you to come forward as we stand together and as we sing. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and glory in Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the gym, and glory in the gym, and glory in the and glory in the and Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine.